What's up, college football fans? It is Brock and Brennan, and we're back to bring a recap for week eight. I think this is our 16th episode. or uh, this, Yeah, yeah 16th. this is our 16th. 16th episode so far, and we're just going to roll with that uh, that new format we've been we've been rolling with, um, going conference by conference. I don't know about you, but I like that a lot better. Yeah, it's easier to yeah. talk about everything. Keep yeah, it's it easier. Yeah, keep so. it organized and um, yeah, just just stay on track because we 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 used to just kind of jump around the whole league, but now it's just you know it's, it's a lot more organized. But uh, with that being said, I think we're gonna start with talking about the ACC biggest game of the weekend was gonna be that number fourteen Syracuse going at number five Clemson. Clemson they got it done after a big fourth quarter. You know for the for Almost the entire game, we thought Syracuse was going to you know, be the winner after this one, but Clemson was able to continue that home streak um, and get the win. So uh, what does that mean for the ACC you know, moving forward? Well, it means that, in theory, they got a playoff team, which is yeah. still, still bothers me. I don't really want to talk about that too much, but Clemson's got a problem on their hands. You know, they have a quarterback problem on their hands. Oh, yeah. you know, DJ played most of the game, kind of didn't really get the job done, and then they obviously went towards Klubnik? Klubnik? Klubnik. Klubnik, something like that. Klubnik. I think it's Klubnik. Their backup, yeah. Yeah. The the five-star kid. They they went to him, and in my opinion, I don't think he played much better. But, you know, they... He got the job done. So well, I yeah, guess. isn't it crazy that Clemson just has you know like a five star backup, just, out, yeah. just just in their back pocket anytime you know, just so many weapons on that team you know tons of tons of talent, and uh, to be able to just reach in their bag and be like all right we got the what was he twenty twenty two he was the number one quarterback prospect yeah I think he was the best quarterback yeah they just got that class. in their back pocket he was able to you know pull through get the win you, you don't think he did that great I think he was like okay I didn't think he was doing anything. Like he was definitely playing better than DJ, like yeah. for sure. But I, I didn't think he was like fantastic either. I know there's a couple of times, you know, he made reads that I'm like, where are you throwing the ball? Uh-huh. Like you know, that's not open, you know. Yeah. But I know he made he made that one play with his legs. There was like third and twenty five, and he ran out for like five yards and then got hit, which led to the late hit penalty, oh, which yeah. got him a first down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of just stuff like that. Just a mental error from the Syracuse side. I think this was more of Syracuse throwing the game away rather than Clemson winning it. You know, they turned the ball over four times, um, including that 90-yard touchdown on the fumble. So it's like I, both was, these that teams. That was uh, Syracuse that scored off the fumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, the Clemson turnover. Oh, you were talking about that. Okay. So I don't know. Like, I was listening to a radio show today, a local radio show, and they're talking about how if the playoff rankings came out today, how he would have Clemson in the top 10 but barely. Ooh. And I literally could not agree more because I just – they're not they're not that great like their front their front seven on defense is fantastic that defensive mm-hmm. line is crazy and even the linebackers do a really good job and i think will shipley is really good and i think they have some some great prospects at wide receiver but like they don't have the quarterback the secondary's eh and you know yeah we talk about their secondary all year i know it's uh-huh. so it's like i'm just not that high on clemson and i wasn't that high on syracuse and after watching syracuse play actually i'm a little bit more higher on them I thought the defense is, is good. Yeah. I think that Syracuse defense is really good. I think their quarterback play is solid. Um, I think it needs some improvement, though. I think mm-hmm. Schrader was – he was all right. You know, he kind of did what he had to do. had a couple good 
good runs that led to led to scores. So overall, I think this was just kind of it was like an. You know, yeah, I think that's yeah. what the ACC is. I think they're okay. It's pretty mid performance. Yeah, teams. You know, it's just it was just the fact that Clemson was at home. You know, and they they just ended up you know winning the game that that could have gone either way. I th- I thought Syracuse they scored a uh, Clemson scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. I mean, they only had ten going into the fourth, um, and then just you know scored seventeen with that backup. But the real question is, you think Clemson could compete with teams like Tennessee, Alabama? You know, Georgia, three of those teams who are in the SEC, even Ohio State and Michigan. Like, could they compete with those, you know, big dogs in the, in the bigger conferences? Well, Joel Klatt asked on Twitter, he said, if if uh, Clemson is in the SEC East, which is Tennessee's division, I believe, mm-hmm. with Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Florida, Kentucky, or the Big Ten East, which is, you know, the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State division, He's like, where where would you have Clemson in that division? And I'm like, I'd probably have him four losses in both those divisions. Yeah. Minimum, you know. Did I'd, he have his take on where he would have them, or, or was he just, you know, throwing that question out there? He, he might have talked about it in his podcast. I think it was kind of just like a subjective thing, like just get some discussion going. But I think he's 100% right. I don't, yeah. I don't think Clemson beats Ohio State. I don't think they beat Michigan. I don't even think they beat Penn State. And Penn State's got a quarterback problem too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. And then don't even get me started about the SEC. I think I think Tennessee goes through them. I think Georgia goes through them. Kentucky probably gets it done, too. I think Will Levis is is probably better than, yeah. you know, anything they got at quarterback right now. And then, you know, Florida is, is – I think Clemson's level is, like, maybe not a little bit above Florida, but it's, like, in that tier of, like, you know, tier one teams, tier two teams – and then maybe like tier three teams in, wow. in the NCAA. I think yeah, I, I could agree with that. I think they're like a borderline top ten team. You know, mm-hmm. they got tons. They, they got a quarterback. Con- they're eight and zero. So like, yeah, huge respect to them. That, yeah, they're they've, eight and zero. So. They've won the games on their schedule. You know, that's first things first. They got a quarterback problem. You know, their secondary it's improved. I guess week by week, it wasn't as bad as we saw against against Wake Forest. So it's improved. But, like, Will Shipley's really kind of carrying the load for this Clemson team. And I'm just not very high. Like, the only team that they've beat that I'm pretty high on is Wake Forest. Yeah, because that was on the road. Yeah, I think Wake Forest is solid. And I think if you run that game back again, I think Wake Forest could get it done. Yeah. So, besides that, like, NC State. Is NC State even ranked anymore? 24th? 24th, yeah. Syracuse at 16. I don't know. It's just. So, they do have. And the thing about Clemson is their schedule just gets easier. Like, they've already played the hard games. I mean, they have the schedule just to run the table from here on out. Well, I think what is crazy is if they go 12-0, and go to the ACC championship game, and lose at 12-1 and non-conference champion, do they get in? Like, do they have the resume to get in over maybe, like, say, an 11-1 and Michigan or Ohio State, who's also not a conference champion? That is interesting. So I definitely don't think they would get in above a one-loss conference champion. Yeah, I think I think all yeah. one loss conference champ. Also, there's we'll talk about this more with the Pac-12 about their one loss problems. But I think college football playoff talk right now is a little silly. Yeah, with, it's a little early. How like teams? Like I think TCU has like an eight percent chance to get in, and they're yeah. seven and zero, top of the Big Twelve. I don't know. That's a whole yeah, different yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah, I saw that. Though. I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So I don't know. I th- I just think Clemson's going to get into the playoff, and I think they're going to get humbled by whoever they play. 
which is really unfortunate, especially because we're trying to get, you know, the four best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. But if they're 13 and 0 and a conference champion, I don't care who they played. Like they yeah. have they have to get in. So So I think it's already like the ACC championship is like already set. You know, it's going to be Clemson and North Carolina. Cuz I mean North Carolina in the Coastal Division, they're 3 and 0. Second place is 2 and 2 and 2 and 2 Duke and uh Georgia Tech. So I mean they're already two losses ahead in the Coastal Division and then in the Atlantic Division, Clemson at 6 and 0, Syracuse, you know, following them up at 3 and 1. I mean they'd win the tiebreaker obviously against them Wake Forest and NC State. So it's this, it's pretty much already set. This is why we got to get rid of divisions cuz then teams like Wake Forest and maybe even Syracuse you can yeah. throw in that conversation. You know, they get a rematch at Clemson in the championship game. Cuz I think the yeah. best two teams in the ACC is probably Clemson and Wake Forest, even knowing like I think that shows how weak the ACC is. You know, and they have what three ranked teams. Mm-hmm. So they have five, I think. Five ranked teams. I think. Wait Syracuse, for, is Syracuse oh, yeah. still ranked. Syracuse, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest Clemson, NC State, and then North NC Carolina. State. So those those four, right? Yeah, five. NC State, Syracuse, is Wake NC State Forest. still ranked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So five. Who's the fifth? So it's Clemson. Oh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah North right, Carolina. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So wow. So and that and that's crazy to say about a team with five ranked teams that they're weak, but. I just I don't like any of the resumes of most of them, and I don't know. So there's that, but yeah. it's interesting to see like what's going to happen the next coming weeks. Because there still is a ton of football to play, but the the idea of Clemson getting into the college football playoff is is gross to me. I'm yeah, just not a I fan hate of that it. too. What about this scenario? North Carolina they went out, beat Clemson in the championship. They're a one loss, um, one loss conference champion of the ACC. Do they get in? That, that's another. I think they they should get in because they'd be twelve and one conference champion. But like you know that lost in Notre Dame is, and you know what I think I think every team should have one freebie, and I think that's North Carolina's freebie, is that loss to to Notre Dame. But I know they played a close one with App State early in the year. I think that was week one. Oh yeah, like yeah. Sixty three, sixty one, or something 63. like that. That was week two, yeah. Um, I don't know what other wins they'd have besides. <clears throat> they got besides Duke Clemson. on the road, Miami on the road, who hasn't been that impressive. Oh, Virginia my, Tech, Miami's a whole different conversation oh, yeah. too. Yeah, we don't even we don't want to step there. But it, but their last two wins against Miami and Duke were both by three points. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's I'm hoping that you know some of the teams just solve it for themselves because some of these teams that are in the races, it's kind of. It's not looking good. Let's yeah. just say that. It's definitely not looking good. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it goes. Um, they will get – they'll get Wake Forest and NC State later this year. North, North Carolina? Carolina? yeah. Okay, so then it will definitely solve itself out. So wouldn't that be interesting? You know, we got probably undefeated Clemson, and then maybe one loss, North Carolina, ACC championship, winner goes to the playoff. You think that's a realistic – Yeah, know, that's probably a realistic scenario. Scenario. They both have wins over what would be like a top 15 Wake Forest. NC State, I don't know if they'd be ranked anymore. Do they, they don't play Syracuse, do they? North Carolina? No, they don't, no. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the ACC ends up. But That's why I'm really excited for, you know, the college football playoff rankings. Week from today. Week from today? One oh, my goodness. Today. I cannot wait for that. Because so. that's when we'll really start to understand, you know, where – the poll is going to, you know, put some emphasis on is it going to be strength of schedule 
Is it going to be two lost teams ahead of undefeated teams who played those weaker schedules? Stuff like that. So I'm really excited to, you know, see how that week one pull, you know, where things lay when, when that comes out. It's going to give us a lot of clarity of where teams stand and kind of where they are because who knows, you know, maybe maybe the committee looks at a team like Syracuse and they're like, you know what, they're 6-1 and one, but they haven't played anybody. You know, we're going to move them back to the late 20s or maybe even not even in the polls. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to definitely be interesting to see what, what they value and and who they value. But, I don't know, this ACC is it's it's interesting this year because there's a lot of ranked teams, but I just don't think there's a lot of good teams. I think if Clemson gets in, they just they just get destroyed by whoever they play. You know, Big Ten, SEC. Yeah, it doesn't matter, honestly. It doesn't matter. I think a lot of teams would would go through that Clemson name with ease. So, Which is unfortunate, you know, because, you know, I'm not saying the whole reason they get in is because of, you know, their brand. But, you know, it definitely helps, it helps, you know, being Clemson. And, you know, North Carolina just doesn't seem as realistic because, I mean, they're not really a football brand. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm, ACC is a conference I'm, I got my eyes on because I want to see how it plays out and, you know, who goes – who goes where and what, but I did want to take a second to talk about Miami. Yeah. Because Miami fans were talking a lot of heat to start the season. Uh Uh-huh. You know, they were saying that Mario Cristobal was God, basically. Yeah. And he was going to turn them around, and they're sitting at three and four with some terrible losses. They lost to MTSU. Yeah. And North Carolina and Duke. And, I mean, A&M, who was ranked at the time, but, I mean, they're questionable as well. So, you know, he was supposed to be the guy that turned around this program. I know his recruiting class was solid, but I think Miami's in, in a dark place right now. So, Is he on the hot seat? I don't think so. I think you give him at least a couple years. Yeah. But, you know, he, with the reputation he came in, you know, he's always been an elite recruiter. I won't ever say that he's not, but it's always been coaching with him, you know. We saw it a little bit last year with Oregon. And Anthony Brown was a was a big question mark of you know why he wasn't getting better week to week, and I think we see a lot of that this year with with this you know Miami team. So yeah, yeah, this ACC is weird this year, really, really weird. But we will probably see you know an ACC team in the playoff. Probably it'll yeah. probably be a thirteen zero Clemson if I had to guess. Yeah. Next conference, Big Ten, kind of a boring weekend for them. I know that we had Iowa at Ohio State as our game of the week for that conference. And, you know, Ohio State did what we thought they would do, one big 54-10. to 10. Actually, we kind of thought it was what they do. You know, Iowa has shown that they have great defense, and uh, they were still able to put 54 points up on them. So what do you take away from Ohio State, you know, beating this Iowa team by 44 points? I see a lot of people talking heat about Ohio State's schedule too and kind of saying that, you know, they're – their schedule's weak. They haven't played anybody, which is interesting because I, I think they've you know had an okay schedule. But I think it's less about Ohio State because they did exactly you know everything that we planned on Ohio State doing. I think it's more about this Iowa team. They are terrible on offense. Oh yeah, they, so we, bad on offense. I'm surprised they scored ten. You know that well, three picks. Did they? They had four fumbles. Only lost three of them. So that's six turnovers. And Ohio State's defense isn't even, like, crazy. They're not crazy. They're okay. You know, they get the job done. But six turnovers, oh, my my goodness, dude. That's So so the starting quarterback had a fumble and two picks. 
Oh my god, that's so bad. That's so hold bad. on to the ball, you know. No, yeah. So, man, it sucks because Iowa defense is solid. You know, I know they gave up fifty four, but yeah, when your offense isn't really complimenting you, then it's kind of it's tough to to go out there, you know, for how many drives are out there and kind of do their thing. So, so Iowa, yeah, they've they've lost their last three, but f- giving up, you know, fifty four points. You know, they they held Michigan to twenty seven, yeah, which it. is like pretty good. You know, for for a decent offensive Michigan team. But other than that, you know, it was like Iowa State only put up 10 on them. They beat South Dakota State 7-3. to three. You know, so it's, it's 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 been on that defensive side for Iowa. And unfortunately, you know, not enough offensive production to be able to get, get those big wins. So on the season, they have given up 50, was that 59 going into the Ohio State game? Yeah. And they gave up 54 against Ohio State. That's crazy. So is that more credit to Iowa, or Ohio State's offense? Yeah, I think Ohio, I think Ohio State's offense finally. I think their defense was maybe cracking a little bit because yeah. you know they've they've been on the field so much yeah. against you know offenses. But I think Ohio State finally cracked it, and then you know With the defense. But it's more of just Iowa's offense is terrible. We, yeah, so it's like it's literally like three and out for Iowa punt. Yeah, you know Ohio State comes back. Maybe they stop them a little bit. But it's like you really can't blame any of this on Iowa's Iowa's defense. Like they're good, yeah. you know, they're good on that defense side of the ball. It's just this, they don't have an offense. Like six turnovers, man. That is so. That's rough. And their tight end Sam Laporta is one of the better tight ends in the nation. Yeah. So it's like he just <laughs> you got to scheme a way to get him the ball more, and to I don't know. It's just if I was an Iowa fan, I'd be really frustrated because your defense plays like a top five unit in the NCAA, but your your offense plays like a bottom five unit in the NCAA. Yeah. So it's uh-huh. like, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Just kind of those two things together. It's tough, tough times for Iowa, especially uh-huh. since you know they're no they're known for kind of competing a little bit. Yeah. In uh, in you know the NCAA. So yeah. So what this kind of means for the Big Ten is. You know, we're just waiting for, well, Ohio State, they'll have Penn State this this upcoming weekend. So if Ohio State gets it done against Penn State like Michigan did, then, I mean, we're just waiting for that last regular season game between Ohio State and Michigan to uh, determine that East division. Yeah, that's basically a semifinal for the playoff right there. Yeah, really or like a, a quarterfinal, I guess, for the yeah, semifinal to, get into, to the yeah. playoff. So. so the game to get in the playoff. Yeah, so if you if – you, uh, Whoever wins that game between Ohio State and Michigan, yeah, I guess Ohio State could even technically lose this weekend against Penn State, and then yeah. if they beat Michigan, you know they're still. I'm assuming the tiebreaker system will will lead to Ohio State getting into that championship game. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everything's still on the table for even even Penn State. You know, I think yeah, I, I, they have got everything to play for too, and. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how that game is. I know we'll preview it in our preview this week. But, yeah, I think not a lot happened in the Big Ten this week. Probably one of the the few weeks that it's been kind of boring. Yeah. So so that's kind of where the ACC conversation kind of comes into play because, you know, if Michigan and Ohio State are both undefeated going into the conference championship, you know, do you take a one-loss ACC, you know, conference champion over a one-loss, you know, Michigan teams say they lose to Ohio State in the conference, or or I guess they won't play in the conference championship. They play yeah, they, regular season. Yeah, they play a regular season That's game. That's right. And then 
I think Illinois is leading the other side. Did they win this weekend? Yeah, they, or they didn't play. So I assume they're still leading. Yeah, they're they're leading. So, yeah, and then you know, Michigan Ohio State. Assuming that's the path we go, he's going to play Illinois. I, no disrespect to an Illinois. I just I don't think I don't yeah. think you're getting the job <laughs> yeah. done against Michigan or yeah. Ohio State. So do you think a one loss non conference champion like Michigan, who their only loss is to Ohio State? should be left out and an ACC one-loss conference champion should get in besides them? I think even an undefeated ACC conference champion should, be should not get in. Over. But they will. That's that's They will, though, yeah. It's impossible what, to, like, leave an undefeated conference champion out. Like, the fact that Michigan and Ohio State are getting punished for playing each other sucks. Yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. I, it kind of shows how flawed the four-man playoff is really is yeah but you know that's just kind of the way the way it's been and i think you could make the argument that michigan would have had multiple playoff teams had they not had to play ohio state yeah because I, I know ohio state's dominated them basically every year except mm-hmm. i think last year was the yeah, first time they've year. won in a while so that's why i'm excited for the you know the new 12 team format yeah we need to get that in asap seriously so. the as the years go on, we start to see, you know, how flawed this this four team playoff really is. You know, it's it's going to be the same four teams almost every year. And I used to be a huge believer of the four team. I was like, you know, take care of business and you'll get in. But then it's like it started to turn into teams have taken care of business and they've not gotten in. Yeah, know? or for, at least taken care of business for the most part. So, or have almost found ways, you know, to manipulate their schedules to be able to you know set them up for success no yeah so yeah it's it's definitely frustrating i think we definitely just need to get this this 12 uh 12 team playoff in and i think you'll kind of hopefully take off some of the bias of teams that are getting in over other teams but i think for the big 12 sake i think you're still sitting pretty good you know you got two front runners in ohio state and michigan i'd assume next week assuming ohio state and michigan win this following week, I'll assume that Ohio State would probably be one. I think they would get in over Georgia, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think you could even make the argument that Michigan, if they beat Michigan State, will be at two, which is kind of crazy. Oh, Michigan at two? I think they could jump Georgia. And Tennessee? Oh, I forget about Tennessee. Michigan yeah. at three then, because Tennessee's got the Bama win. Michigan would have the Penn State win. And I'm, I'm So Ohio win. State, Tennessee... Then Michigan, Michigan, I would think. Yeah, I would. And then Georgia. Depending. So, I mean, who who does Georgia got? These they got Florida this week. They got Florida. I think that'd probably be their at best. home too. Well, it's it's the neutral in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's actually more of a home game for Florida. But still, I mean, it's it's Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. They haven't, yeah. really, <laughs> they haven't really done anything, but yeah, I think that's kind of what what the what the rankings will look like yeah. next week. And I think that there is a you know realistic scenario where we could see two big 10 teams in in the playoff yeah i think they need chaos among the sec teams yeah i don't think they can have two sec teams get in and expect a second big 10 team to Mm -hmm. get in i think they need probably tennessee to win out but then georgia Mm. yeah i don't know that's a tough one actually it's it's just there's not a lot of room in that in that four four team little little tiny little condominium room seems like the top like six ish teams 
maybe seven have all taken, you know, they, they've put no doubt in their games. You know, they've all, they've just won. Yeah. And I think that's in years past, we really haven't seen that. I think we've seen a lot of the top 10 teams kind of lose games Mm -hmm. early on in the season. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out, but I think big 12 or wow, big 10 really has a case for, for two teams getting in. Yeah. But it all depends on, you know, what, what goes down, what goes down and the other conferences, how it looks. I think the best thing for the big 10 right now is Illinois running the table and finishing as high as ranked as possible. So that, you know, when they, if they do beat Illinois, it looks better on the resume. Just so that for that championship game, you know, say Illinois is maybe a top 10 team yeah. going into that. If Ohio State throttles them and puts like, or even Michigan, if Michigan throttles them and beats them by 50 plus, it will show kind of how strong that Big Ten conference really is. And I think that will help the 11 and 1 team. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Especially if Ohio State and Michigan play to a close game. Yeah. And it's like, you know, say a field goal game or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, Illinois gets into the, the championship game as maybe, like, a top-10 team and then just gets absolutely throttled. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that helps the case of the 11-1 and team who uh, lost or loses that game yeah. in Columbus. So, yeah. I don't know. I think for the Big Ten, I think, you're, I think you're still happy where you're at. I think all your teams are sitting in good positions. You know, I think Penn State – Got a good win over the weekend over a Minnesota team that I don't think is bad, but you know they've struggled in Big Ten in Big Ten play. Plus, you never know. I mean, chaos could ensue. Um, Michigan State they have a yeah. they have a hot record against the Wolverines. Against the Wolverines. So yeah, we could everything could change in a week. So I think that's something to definitely keep an eye out. But you know, besides that, a pretty kind of average week in the Big Ten, I'd say. All right, conference number three is going to be. The SEC, you know, kind of a little bit of a quiet one. Or not really, I guess. Um, they had a couple big games, one being uh, number 24, Mississippi State, going at number 6, Alabama. It was going to be battle of the quarterbacks there. But, you know, Bama got the job done against them. So what do you, what do you take away from, you know, Bama bouncing back after their loss to Tennessee last weekend? everything we expected, right? I think we, yeah. we kind of expected Alabama to to be a different team than the one we saw a week ago. And, you know, they they gave up, what, 51 to Tennessee and six to Mississippi State? Like, six, yeah. I, I know what Nick Saban was doing during the week. You know, he was getting that defense fixed and, you know, getting them kind of right again, which is, which is good because, you know, they need to play at that kind of level if they want to compete for a national championship. But... It was crazy, the rebound that that defense had. Yeah, shutting week. down uh, Will Rogers, who we know is has been successful all year. I think he threw sixty times. Be yeah, man, thirty yeah, for that's... sixty, two hundred thirty-one yards. But when your quarterback has to throw sixty times, you know that he is, you know, all their offense. Yeah, that's not that's not necessarily a winning formula, you know, chucking it sixty times, especially yeah. with the kind of pressure that Alabama can get. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I think Mississippi State's defense maybe you know played pretty well. You know, only gave up only gave up thirty. Like I know thirty is still a lot of points, but you know Tennessee gave up forty eight, and I know plenty of other teams that have given up that kind of number. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that's a positive you can take if you're a Mississippi State you know fan. But yeah, I think that offense was pretty disappointing. I think Will Rogers kind of 
He hasn't been playing up to the standard, you know? Yeah. I think last week against Kentucky, he only had a touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, he he, he was one of the leaders in uh, passing touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. Kind of decreasing a little bit. He, he's probably still up there at the top, though. But, I mean, but, they were he was doing that against, you know, weaker teams. Yeah. So when you go back-to-back Kentucky and Alabama both on the road, it's obviously going to be a lot harder. Yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to really step it up the rest of the way for Mississippi State. I think, you know, they're just fighting for probably the best bowl that they can get. You know, at nine and three, you'll probably be. You know, you'll be at a decent bowl, but nothing, nothing too special. So I think that's kind of the goal for, for Mississippi State and for Bama. Sneaking back into that playoff, you know, you, you still control your own destiny at twelve and one with a loss to Tennessee on the road. That still gets you into the playoff. Hundred percent. So. They got everything to play for, and with Ole Miss losing on the week, as well, it kind of opens some possibilities up because now, because now LSU is is right back in it as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in that in that West Division. Yeah, so LSU has the win over Ole Miss. LSU still got to play Bama, and Ole Miss still's got to play Bama. So those will be some marquee games to look out for. Did yeah. LSU jump into the rankings? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so tons of marquee games the seven, rest of the way yeah. in that SEC West. So Seven ranked teams um, in the SEC. I don't, now, think I don't think that number has changed all year, has yeah. it? Yeah, it really hasn't. It seems it's like. Just, the only thing that changes is where they're at yeah, <laughs> and what like, team is highest. It's like you know, one, one week they go from like 15 to like 20, 25, then they win that next week and they go back up to 15. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then for Georgia and Bama, it's like, and Tennessee, it's like, okay, who's yeah. – Who's wearing the top five? Yeah, basically, like, who, who do we want highest this week? Yeah, so, and it's Georgia. So, yeah, Georgia's. They just came off a buy. They had a buy last week. Yes, yes, and they got. You know, they got Florida this upcoming uh-huh. week, which will be an interesting game. But the big one for the SEC was, you know, LSU beating undefeated Ole Miss at home. Yeah, and I think, I think this was kind of what I expected at least from from Ole Miss. You know, I I saw the seven next to their name, and I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. It didn't sit that great, you know. I think I think Jackson Dart is a good quarterback. I think it's just a year too soon for him. I think this year is, is going to always be about, you know, gaining that experience in the SEC and kind of hopefully putting it together for next season is when I think Ole Miss could really make, make a challenge. But LSU throttled them, man. Jaden Daniels. He balled. What a player. What a ball. player. You know? He's kind of proven us wrong. You know, we, we've made comments about how we don't think he can throw the ball. But, you know, proved us wrong this last weekend with 21 for 28, two touchdowns. And then also ran for another 121 yards on three touchdowns. So five total for him and, you know, carried this Tiger team to be able to knock down the Rebels. Yeah, and Jaden Daniels is a really interesting quarterback for me because there was times at ASU where you saw talent in him. But like you couldn't understand why it just wasn't working out for him. Yeah. You know? And I think I hope he I know he's got that COVID year. I hope he stays another year at LSU and doesn't even think about the draft, if that's even a possibility. Cause I think he could be an an absolute monster if he uh runs it back again next year for LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taking care of the ball, only one interception on the season. He's got nine rushing touchdowns along with twelve passing. Yeah. So twenty one total touchdowns. To one interception, I don't know how many fumbles he has, if any. Yeah, that's a, that's a really yeah. that's some really he good takes numbers. care of the football. Yeah, he does, and we that's something we haven't seen. You know, we didn't really see that at ASU. 
Yeah, I think yeah, he had 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year at ASU. Yeah, and I know he had fumbles in, in there too. There was like a point where he, he struggled keeping hold of the ball. Yeah. So so do you think that's part to do with, you know, he has more talent surrounding him at LSU or, you know, maybe some coaching from Brian Kelly? Probably a little bit of both. You know, I think I think it helps because he definitely took a step up in talent. Yeah. And, you know, I think Brian, I think Brian Kelly, he's not really known for quarterback play. I can't think of the last really good Notre Dame quarterback. It was probably Ian Book, but even Ian Book wasn't too special. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think Jaden Daniels has just been able to, to finally start putting it together, you know, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we all saw the talent in him, especially as a freshman at ASU. I was like, this kid could be, this kid could be a problem. But he just had never put it together until this season, you know. It's good to see, you know. It is really good to see. And I bet, you know, Tiger fans, they are just, as weeks go by, you know, that week one loss just hurts more and more against Florida State, you know. The the missed PAT to send it to overtime. If if they win that game, you know, they're, uh, what, are, what are they, 7-1 and one with a top 10 win under their belt and then their only loss being to Tennessee. So they're up there. They're definitely up there. They'd probably probably definitely a top ten team. Definitely a top ten team, yeah. So I mean there's obviously nothing you can do about that. And they gotta buy this upcoming weekend. Perfect timing. Perfect, yeah. Perfect timing before their game at home against Alabama. So that'll be interesting. Two weeks to prepare for Bama is yeah. I think Bama's also gotta buy this upcoming week. I Check. believe they do. So both teams have two weeks to prepare for each other. That's going to be a nice game. You'll probably get like a – well, you'll definitely have a top 10 Bama, maybe depending on results, maybe get like a top 15 LSU. That could be a really good game in a yeah. couple of weeks. So definitely something to to keep an eye out. I was kind of doubting LSU. You know, I, I didn't think that they'd get it done against Ole Miss. I know you picked LSU. Yeah, I, I just I, – I don't know. I think – I think it's it's one of those situations where where the game is being played really matters. I think Death Valley is just a really tough place to play, no matter how good or how bad LSU is. And I think Jaden Daniels was capable of you know putting together a game like he did on the weekend. I didn't think it'd be that good, but he definitely put together a game for himself and really carried the the, the team to the win. And I know Ole, Ole Miss jumped out to an early lead too. They were up, I think they were up like a couple scores early. Yeah, and yeah. then. I think it was like yeah. seventeen to three or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then you know LSU put together a nice comeback and you know I, blew them out. The numbers that I like is the two zeros in the second half for Ole Miss. Yeah, shut them out the second half. That's that's something you want to see as a football program because you can mm-hmm. definitely build upon that. So the SEC West, you know, if if LSU goes out and beats Bama, the SEC West is wide open, and you know Ole Miss is definitely back in it to be able to fight for that that West. West West Division Championship going into, you know, Conference Championship Week. Yeah, and that's that's like the SEC for you. Is anytime a top team falls, because I know Kentucky was a top ten team a couple weeks ago, a new team just jumps in to replace them. Mm-hmm. So we saw Ole Miss lose this week. I would not be surprised if the team that replaces Ole Miss as a top ten team here shortly is LSU. So yeah. you know, that's I guess that's what happens when you have high end you know, conference talent like that, you know, you get the benefit of the doubt for sure. So yeah. I would love to see Jaden Daniels just ball out against that Bama defense and just find a way to, to beat them because that, that will cause some chaos. Well, I think what's interesting is if LSU does run the table, they're probably not into the playoff, you know, with their two losses. 
You don't think? Conference champion with two losses? I don't think so. I don't think Florida State's that good. Ooh, that but that's week one. You got to give them a pass. Yeah, I think so. They'd have wins over Ole Miss, Bama, and their two losses to Florida State. Who is? I think I think Florida State's pretty good. You know, and it was week one, kind of a fluke, and then their other loss to Tennessee. I just think there's better resumes out there because you're gonna you're gonna have Ohio State slash Michigan at probably thirteen and zero. You're gonna have Clemson at thirteen and zero. You're gonna have an SEC champion at either twelve and one or thirteen and zero. So it'd be L- LSU though if they're if they run the table. Conference oh, it would champions. be LSU. Okay, so that so then you'd have a probably a twelve and one or eleven and one SEC team. And then you'd have possibly TCU, who could be twelve and one. And then you have a Pac twelve team that could be twelve and one too. So, so then no, like I, there's a ton of chaos that still has you're, to happen. So you're saying that if LSU runs the table, they'd be a ten and two conference champion. Correct Ele- me if I'm wrong. Eleven and two conference. Champion. Eleven and two conference champion. They wouldn't get in. Their wins would be Alabama and. Let's say Ole Miss, and then probably either Georgia or Tennessee. Or Tennessee. <laughs> it depends on who's on the other side, because if Tennessee's on the other side at eleven and at twelve and one, I'm taking Tennessee over, over LSU. After they lose to them, yes, but just because they would have a home win against Alabama, a road win against Georgia, and their loss would be to the SEC champion. Who'd that's, probably be yeah, who'd tough. probably be a top ten team? That's whereas like I would love for that to happen just because I want to see how they would handle that they situation. Would handle that, yeah, because like you could look at LSU and be like, well, they lost. Well, and LSU's loss would be to Tennessee. So it'd be two losses. So to Tennessee, or no, they would. So have so lost Tennessee to Tennessee's loss would be to a team that they beat in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee would one hundred percent get in. I think, I think it'd be Tennessee at twelve and one would get in over, over LSU. But if it's Georgia, if it's Georgia, then it changes because then they'd have wins over Georgia. Well, then it depends on where Tennessee is because then it. Yeah, I don't know. There's yeah. so there's so many options, and that's that's so things. far. Like, yeah, I mean the the chance of LSU running the table is probably Slim, yeah. yeah less than one yeah. percent. So, yeah. but you know it's it's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. Yeah, you know, it opens up new possibilities for uh-huh. for playoff teams for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, the last SEC game that we kind of talked about going into this weekend was A&M and South Carolina. South Carolina got it done at home, 30-24. to You know, it's good to see South Carolina get the win. Aggies dropped a 3-4. and four. You know, what are, what are your thoughts there? How are they ranked? They're not. They're 25. Uh, they're 20, 25, yeah. They, how? Not, like how? Their I best win is on the road to Kentucky, who, where's Kentucky at in the rankings? Do we know? Are they still ranked? I think they're 19. 19. So their best win is is Kentucky. I guess their two losses are Arkansas. Well, Arkansas on the road. Arkansas is not good. Yeah. And then Georgia at home, they got blown out. I just don't know how they're ranked. You know, Especially ahead of teams like, you know, Oregon State. Oregon State. Liberty is 7-1. and one. I know their yeah. schedule has been kind of soft, but their one loss is to, to Wake Forest by a point. Mm. So you can make the argument there. That's just, I don't know. I think that's full SEC bias, though. Yeah, so. you, they they have to have seven in there at all times. It's required. Like South Carolina's best win is on the road to Kentucky, and 
you know, their that loss to Arkansas on the road is just so bad. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for next week because we'll get the new poll. And, you know, the thing to look out for is are we going to see seven SEC teams in that poll? Are we going to see less? Are we going to see eight? You know, we, we really don't know. We really got to line line up the the polls side by each side. other and just kind of see, like, what the big changes are. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be huge changes. Yeah, so. we should. We'll do that next weekend. Yeah, I think that'll be we'll part of the Line them up preview side by side and then, you know, assess – what the points of emphasis are. Yeah. No. So, yeah, SEC looking pretty good. Big 12 had a big week. Um, I know that they had two ranked matchups within the conference. First one was going to be that uh, number 17 Kansas State going at TCU. Um, TCU staying undefeated, and I know you told me you had some big stats from that game. I, I want to hear them. Well, maybe not. maybe they're not stats, but I saw on Twitter that TCU has knocked out the last four quarterbacks they've played. Like injured them. Like injured? Yeah, so I think the first Whoa. one let me pull up the schedule so I get that this. That is right. that is a stat. So the first one was obviously Gabriel from Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma. got hurt. And then Kansas uh yeah, Jaden Daniels. The Daniels kid got hurt. And then I don't know about Spencer Sanders, but I don't know I if think he, he did get hurt, yeah. Oh yeah, he did get hurt. So there's him, and then obviously Kansas State they knocked out Martinez. Martinez, yeah. So, ooh, maybe uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit of physicality. Yeah, it seems like it. TCU, yeah. so. maybe some. You know, I mean, it's worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're what seven and zero now. Actually, maybe Spencer Sanders didn't get hurt because he played the whole game. It looks like he did. So maybe it was the last three quarterbacks or something. Okay, or three, three out, out of the four. last four, which is still like an insane number. Don't yeah, that's wrong. bizarre. And those are some good teams. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Were they all ranked? They were all ranked when they, except eight. for maybe Oklahoma. Oklahoma was eighteen, so eighteen, nineteen, eight, and seventeen. So, dang. Yeah. So I mean, big win for TCU. They jumped to seven in the country. I I think right. What are they at? Seven. Yeah. Yeah, they're at seven. seven. So definitely which in is, the playoff race. Which is crazy because Alabama's still ahead of them somehow. Yeah, seven and zero like, team who two has just won the last four weeks against ranked opponents. Four ranked wins, and I don't think Alabama has a single one, and somehow Alabama still ahead of them. Yeah, because that makes sense. So yeah, I'm sure they should just. I wish the way that they did the rankings was you know just anonymous, like anonymous teams. You know, you just put their, but then I guess they would know. Yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a terrible idea. Yeah, scrap that. But you know, I wish it was just. You know, without without the team name, you know, next to next to the resume, because then we'd get like a pretty honest honest poll. Well, I think the problem with the AP that's always been the problem is, you know, you got like I think it's like seventy, it's like seventy something people that vote on it. So that's seventy different opinions, and then it kind of just averages out. I'm pretty sure until like to like the positions of of where all these teams are. So I think that's why it's like. You don't necessarily see crazy jumps besides like, you know, week one and week mm-hmm. two. So I don't know. That's probably part of the poll system that's that's incorrect and maybe something that they look to in the future. I think it just makes sense to give us playoff rankings from the start. Yeah. Like if you're gonna make the AP irrelevant, like up until what, we're going to week. So week ten the AP will be just irrelevant. Why not just, you know, do that the whole season? Yeah, I, I don't understand. Because it just makes more sense that way. I don't know. Maybe the committee just doesn't want to do that or something. But Yeah, they got vacation 
That's their vacation is first eight weeks. That's it. First nine weeks of the season. They're watching, you know, Alabama play in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. They're like, I oh, we don't want to work yet, but we don't got anything else to do. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, Big Twelve only three ranked teams after uh, Texas lost. So you know, something we didn't expect. You know, we, we were pretty high on Texas, and uh, you know, Oklahoma State was able to beat that. Or yeah, it was Oklahoma State, right? You know yeah. what's crazy about that game though? Oklahoma State had zero penalties. Zero. Texas had fourteen. Ooh. So that's a stat. Maybe I also saw like some Oklahoma fan. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was an Oklahoma fan. They're trying to make like this controversial like scenario that like they said since Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were going to the SEC, they have been flagged more than every other Big Twelve team or something like that. And I was like, stop it, stop. I was like, yeah. Like it, it is questionable that that Oklahoma State didn't commit a penalty, but Texas had 14. Like maybe yeah. that's that's a little questionable, but. Stop trying to make a scenario that isn't it, you know? Yeah, I mean, Quinn threw three picks. So Yeah, that, that, that definitely hurts played, her team. Yeah, that definitely so. hurts her team. That is not has nothing to do with penalties there. Or big twelve bias. But yeah, like fourteen penalties for hundred and nineteen yards is That's pretty significant. That's definitely significant. That's that's an interesting compared to zero. I mean that's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of a lot of things that you can look at what Texas did that like lost them the game mm-hmm. you know like quinn was 19 for 49 yeah that's not winning football you know that's Shaq from the free throw yeah type numbers yeah that's pretty yeah. bad but it's like you know you look at the 6.4 yards per rush like why weren't why wasn't the running game just more of an emphasis you know you're getting i mean Bijan, you're in 20, 24 yeah. 24 carries 140 yards one touchdown yeah he was he was pretty efficient but so it's like keep running the ball you know if, yeah. especially if quinn's having an off game which I think was the first time I've seen Quinn have an off game. Yeah, which is pretty. That pretty first crazy. interception in the first quarter, I think it was maybe thirty seconds into the game, where you just sailed the receiver. Sailed it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, you know, I think I think what we learned from this weekend is Texas is not back. Yeah, you know they still got they still got work to do, but we were hyping them up big time. Yeah, we were talking potential playoff. Yeah, I, mean, I know Joel Clatt was doing the same thing, but yeah, de- definitely. Uh, yeah, that's out the window. Yeah, definitely out the window, <laughs> and I think I think Texas is gonna need they they're gonna need another year to potentially get back to uh, you know playoff relevancy. So for Texas, yeah, yeah. What but, does that mean for uh, Oak State? I think they're right back in it. Yeah, everything One to loss. play for you know, especially if they get to the Big Twelve championship game against what TCU. they would hope would be TCU, and then if you know they win that game. They're in it. They're in. I think if yeah, they're if in. they're a one loss team going into that game, and their and their only loss would be to a TCU team that they ended up beating in again. The, so in the game that mattered more, yeah. So I think I think Oklahoma State has everything to play for now. I think TCU is the same way. I think there's a realistic scenario where a Big Twelve game is like a twelve and zero TCU versus an eleven and one Oklahoma State, and that's winner a, goes to the playoff, loser goes to the Sugar Bowl. So it's a quarterfinal. Yeah, quarterfinal. Yeah. And I think so. that, you know, I, I think that that will be the scenario. Yeah, I think so, too. Looking down the rest of, you know, what, what does TCU's schedule look like for the rest of the way? I know they still have to play Texas, which could be tricky. But, I mean, they could drop that. Yeah, they could, they could definitely lose to, te- to, to Texas. Like, I think Texas still has their problems. But, you know, they only lost by seven on the road in Oklahoma State. I think that even if – what was I 
what I was saying was I think if they drop that, you know, it doesn't hurt their playoff chances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would I would not I would not think so either. Yeah. Cuz then they'd just be they'd be 11 and 1 playing with, yeah, playing against, you know, a top 10 Oklahoma State. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think TCU has What's the word I'm looking for? They have they have some space. Like they're not you know, every game's not necessarily like you want to win every game, but they're not in must win every single game kind of scenario, but I think Oklahoma State is. So I think yeah. that's where the pressure is. The pressure is definitely on Oklahoma State to be perfect the rest of the mm-hmm. way. Where for TCU it's you know, not necessarily not necessarily that way. But is it different is it is it different if they lose to, you know, maybe Texas Tech or maybe they lose to Baylor and they're one last team going in the Big Twelve championship? When that do you think they still get in? I think it just depends on how much the committee values bad losses bad losses and good wins yeah you know because i think because like you could look at their schedule right now and be like well they won you know four straight versus ranked teams well oklahoma's not ranked anymore Mm -hmm. kansas isn't ranked anymore both those teams kind of suck oklahoma state's a fantastic win and then kansas state's also a really good win as Mm -hmm. well but it's like you know, a lot of those teams that they beat that were ranked are no longer ranked, and they've really fallen off. So yeah, maybe a loss to like Iowa State, Iowa State, or or a Texas Tech, maybe. But I think if they lose to like a Texas or maybe even a Baylor on the road, I think they might get that pass. Which, which, I mean, they might do back to back weeks playing Baylor and Texas is not gonna it's not gonna be easy by any means. You know, when did uh when did this TCU team have their bye? Um, let's see. Because they don't have one the rest of the way. So it looks like early September seventeenth that weekend. So week three wow. they had their bye. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's before conference play. I'd say so. They so they've just got nine straight conference games back to back to back to back. So that's kind of. Yeah, these guys wild. are going to be like limping into the into Big Twelve championship. Big Twelve championship game. So yeah. hopefully they stay healthy and. Can kind of go the rest of the way, but and Max Duggan, you know, keep balling. Yeah, keep doing your thing. Keep balling, and we're gonna see him, uh, you know, in, in the Final Four. Same with Spencer Sanders, man. Keep doing your thing too. Yeah, because you know, but even Big in that 12, loss I, to TCU, he was yeah. good. I thought. Yeah, I think for I think we're for sure gonna have a Big Twelve team, assuming in. that something like if Oklahoma State drops another game, and then and then wins the conference wins championship. The conference championship that takes him out. I think. And, you know, Oklahoma State very well could. They got Kansas State on the road this week. Yeah. And Kansas State is hungry for a win because they're technically mm-hmm. still in the Big 12, you know, championship game. This yeah. is like, man, this is like a... It's like last year. This is like a quarterfinal. Or no, this is like a semifinal to the Big 12 championship game between Oklahoma State and Kansas State this week. Yeah. Because one of them is going to get eliminated. 100%. If they lose. It's so. like last year. I mean, it was a two-loss team versus Oklahoma State, who's a one-loss team. Yeah. And then the two lost Baylor, you know, beat Oak State, so none of them got in. Kind of yeah. just spoiled it. So, so I mean, we could see a repeat of that. But we could also see a uh, a Big Twelve team making an appearance this year. Yeah, so they're kind of hoping that they just run the table the rest of the way for the Big Twelve. All right, last conference before we wrap things up for this week. A re- recap is going to be the Pacific Twelve Conference. And before we jump into the games that occurred this last weekend, me and Brock, we were just talking about you know some potential. TV deals, different scenarios with maybe an Amazon Prime. And I kind of want you to give your take on that situation. Yeah, so we got we got some news today from John Wilner, who's a really respected Pac-12 media guy. 
And he kind of talked about how it's almost imminent for the Pac-12 and Amazon Prime to have some sort of deal between them for media rights. And it's probably not going to include everything, but I think there will be a share of certain sports that are going to you know, go on Amazon Prime for the Pac-12. I think it's almost inevitable because Amazon wants to get into the college football landscape or even just college sports landscape in general. And if you look at it, they really can't do it with the SEC or the ACC because they're both locked into contracts with ESPN. The Big Ten just had a huge contract deal with Fox, and the Big 12 is doing theirs right now. But I think the Big 12 has announced that they're not going to go with Amazon. They're just going to do Fox and ESPN. Yeah, the more traditional route. So that leaves one conference. That leaves the Pac-12. So you're kind of thinking there, like, does Amazon really want to throw a lot of money at a conference with only 10 teams? or Because kind of the goal, like what you were explaining to me earlier, is Amazon just wants to get Prime into as many households as possible. Yeah, they want, they want their product to be shown. They don't want their product to be shown to 10 teams. You know, they want their product to be shown to maybe like 16 teams in their conference. So is there a possibility that, the, that Amazon throws a ton of money into the Pac-12 and says, hey, you know, we're going to give you this large sum of money to broadcast, you know, Pac-12 games. But we want you guys to go out, go out and make deals with, you know, maybe potentially, I know San Diego State was, has been a possibility, maybe like Boise State, UNLV, maybe some teams like that. Or maybe you go to Big 12 teams and say, your media rights deal just came out. You're going to make about 35 to 40 million. Come to the Pac-12 with Amazon Prime. You'll make about 60, 70 million. Mm -hmm. Like, is that something that they'd be interested in? So... I think Amazon really has a control of where, you know, college sports goes yeah. for the next, who knows how many years. Cause I think they, yeah, they have the money. They have the money, and I think streaming is is definitely the future yeah. for sure. So that'd be interesting to see, you know, if Amazon comes in and is like, we'll give you a huge sum of money. We'll take over your meteorites. But there's some, some like, contingencies. Contingencies. Yeah. Say, like, you need to bring, you know, say... They, maybe they're looking at the Big 12 like, you need to bring Kansas with you. You need to bring Oklahoma State. You need to bring Kansas State. You need to bring, you know, Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. Um, I've seen rumors of that, of those scenarios, you know, like a yeah. Pac-16. Pac-16. You know, so. reaching out to those Texas teams. Not too far, but, you know, still, like, getting getting some more competition. Getting some more competition. Yeah. Because I think I think uh, Klyvikov came out today at the the men's and women's basketball kind of media days. And I think he said again that all 10 schools are like locked in together, that they, yeah. they have no plans on any of them leaving. Which has a huge part to do with the new, you know, the new playoff format. Exactly. So I think, I think it's very interesting, and I'm really interested to see kind of how it plays out. And you know, maybe Amazon does come in and takes over the Pac-12 media rights and you know, gets you know, the Pac-12 a ton of money. Yeah, and as far as urgency, this could be something we see, you know, within the next month or so. Yeah. is I know that Pac-12, they're they're done with uh, the Pac-12 networks. You know, that's... Thank that's, goodness. Thank goodness, yeah. That is that is out the window. So, and I know that they parted ways with ESPN and Fox. I think that ESPN and Fox offered them a deal, you know, it was kind of a low ball, 
deal and uh you know the Pac-12 was like we're gonna we're gonna look at other options and and decline your offer so you know does the Pac-12 go to Amazon or Apple TV you know subscription-based streaming um options compared to like a traditional ESPN Fox route or do they use that money as leverage to be able to get some more money out of ESPN and Fox very interesting scenarios for uh the Pac-12 and and the direction this this conference is heading at in the future yeah, so this was the quote from the commissioner, the Pac-12 commissioner at the Pac-12 Women's Basketball Media Day. He said, our 10 schools are together, aligned, and committed to our conference. There is great interest in the marketplace due to the strength of the school's brands. We remain open to expansion. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think there's definitely there's definitely a possibility for uh, – for a scenario like that to play yeah. out. But when he says expansion, that makes sense. I wonder what, what makes sense. Like, to, cause like expansion that makes sense to me as of right now, without knowing any numbers or anything is, is San Diego state because of the California ties. And then maybe like UNLV because of the, the Las Vegas. Yeah. The you know, Las Vegas market market. Those are the two things that like make sense to me, but yeah. I could see a world where maybe like a Kansas, maybe like a Oklahoma State, maybe even like, you know, a Houston who just joined the Big 12. Maybe mm-hmm. like something like that makes sense. But there's so much contracts and stuff involved. I don't even know how, how any of that would work. But yeah. It'd be, it'll be interesting because I think Amazon is going to play a, a bigger role than a lot of people think. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of what's scary for, it is scary for college football. Because it's it's like money. It's really just comes down to, you know, money. And what? What is eight hundred mil to, to Bezos? Yeah, seriously, it's just, pocket change. Which you know? probably in the long run will make him more money. You know, getting, exactly. getting prime. You know, in more households like you mentioned earlier. So I mean, Pac twelve fans, a lot to look out for. That's just kind of the information we have. We're not going to speculate too far because I mean, there's there's so many different scenarios that could happen. But you know, we could see some changes within the month or so. But um, you know, as far as last weekend, we got a top ten matchup: UCLA Bruins. Going at number 10, Oregon Ducks. And, you know, Oregon, they've looked like a scary team, you know, ever since that loss to uh, Georgia week one. They've looked like a whole new team, whole new identity. Bo Nix balled out through for five touchdowns, and they were able to beat the undefeated UCLA, UCLA Bruins, who, I mean, they've been great all year as well. I have a guy who uh, keeps tweeting me on Twitter, talking about Bo Nix. Because <clears throat> I've kind of I, – I was talking with a guy about how – I kind of slandered Bo Nix, and I just don't think – I said, you know, if he throws more than – I think it was 25 to 30 times um, or anything more than that, I don't think Oregon will be successful. He threw 28 times, and they were pretty successful. Yeah, so, so it just proves you're uh, – He's proving me wrong right now. And Once they get that run game going, you know, kind of releasing the pressure off of Bo, then, you know, that's where he is really good, I think. Well, and it's crazy because – I also saw a side-by-side with the year that Marcus Mariota won the Heisman for Oregon. And just him compared to Bo Nix right now, he, Bo Nix has more passing touchdowns, more yards, and I think more rushing touchdowns than Mariota did. Through seven games? Through seven games in his Heisman season. Wow. So That's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. You know, Bo Nix is... I think you can argue he's playing at a Heisman level, which is yeah. just crazy to me, especially outper- after watching him play against, you know, Georgia. Yeah, because he outperformed DTR, who was number four on the Heisman watch list for ESPN. Yeah, so 
it's pretty crazy kind of how Oregon, I could, you could argue that Oregon was literally at rock bottom after the Georgia game. You know, you, you can say uh, it's one game of the season, you know, maybe they're not that low, but the national embarrassment after losing that game was huge. Yeah. You know, it was bad. It was so, bad. To see them where they are now, you know, top of the Pac-12, undefeated in the Pac-12, six and one, everything left to play for, is it's pretty crazy. Yeah, now, um, you know, the Pac-12 was wide open after that. There's so many different scenarios where we could see, you know, Oregon in the championship, USC in the championship, UCLA in the championship, even Utah in the championship. So, you know, th- this this win, they're actually not undefeated. Or, yeah, they are undefeated. In the Pac-12, in the Pac-12, Pac-12 are, yeah. yeah. That's they right. So one loss though to Georgia. That's right. Okay, so they're the last undefeated team in the Pac-12. So I mean, tons of different championship scenarios. What do you think is the most likely championship scenario? As of right now, I would have to say Oregon and USC, probably. Okay. Because I think all USC's got to do to get in is beat UCLA. And hope that Utah loses again to Oregon. To Oregon, so well, they Oregon, they want I mean, they want Oregon to win out, and they want themselves to win out, and then it's I believe it's Oregon and USC in the final yeah. in the championship. But I mean Oregon, they got it gets pretty hard after this. I mean I know that they got Oregon State on the road, that's a rivalry game, and Cor in Corvallis. I mean Oregon State balls in Corvallis. They've looked good all year. They got who who else they got? They got Washington, then they got the Utes. Utah. And then is that they have yeah. one more scary game? I thought was it was it was UC, it was UCLA. Oh, it was UCLA. Okay, them, so. that's right. So three games left. That I mean, it's definitely going to challenge these Ducks. But they've been rolling. I mean, six six wins in a row. But yeah, don't get me wrong. Like those Oregon State and Washington games. I know Utah's is obviously the one that's circled on there. But Oregon State and Washington are both tricky games. You know, you're talking about two teams that are six and two. For Washington, like Michael Penix has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. You know? I think he leads he leads the nation in pass yards. So he's going to torch, you know, that secondary or at least attempt to. And then for Oregon State, the fact that Oregon State is not ranked is is totally beyond me. Like we're talking their two losses are to number 10 USC at home by 3. Yeah. And then Utah on the road. Utah kind of got them that day. But still but, two top 10 or top 15 losses. Yeah, those are two really, really good losses. So the fact that they're not, and maybe it's because Oregon State doesn't necessarily have the marquee win, but if you, I'm still playing at it close to the USC and but, holding them to 17 points. But even Boise State, Boise State's a good team. Yeah, you know, I think they're they're the best team in the Mountain West right now. So beating Boise State, Wazoo is is a is a good football team too. Don't get me wrong, and you know Stanford close one maybe doesn't help. And then maybe Fresno State, who's who's not not fantastic this year, but they'll they'll get their chance. They'll get Oregon, you know, at home. Well, so what's interesting for Oregon State and Washington is they both have a bye this week, I believe. I don't think either one of them plays. Um, so they both got a bye, and then they play each other the following week. I wonder if the rankings come out next Tuesday, and one or maybe even both of those teams are ranked. Maybe not Washington because their lost ASU is pretty bad, but maybe Oregon State sneaks in the rankings, the college football playoff rankings, and then they got Washington on the road yeah. for everything. You know, mm-hmm. if they beat Washington, they solidify themselves as at least the fifth best team in the pack. 
Yeah. Which is going to get them a pretty decent bowl game. So, mm-hmm. Lots to play for for that. Tons yeah. to play for. And that's something you can build on if you're Oregon State. Yeah. So. So pretty crazy weekend. I mean, between, you know, TV deals that might be coming out soon and uh, UCLA getting their first loss of the season. Pretty Pac-12 is wide open. Yeah, and I guess while we're here, we might as well talk about Stanford. They came out and uh, they're offering a free trial to their football games. And by that, no. they mean you can sit anywhere in the stadium for free and you get a lock in, you get a chance to lock in those seats for next season. No. Because attendance has been that bad. That's, so, that's not real. That's I know we talk, real. I know we talk about UCLA not having fans, but Stanford really doesn't have fans. Dude, that is sad. Yeah. So I saw a tweet and it was like, what else is there to do, you know, on a Saturday night in California for for there to be no fans in both of these stadiums? Like for UCLA, I don't understand it. But for Stanford, I, it makes a little bit more sense because if you ask the average Stanford student why they're at Stanford, I'm sure college football games isn't very yeah, high on that more list. Of the education. It's more so. of the education that yeah. they're getting. So, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm just absolutely shocked that a program like Stanford, especially during the Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey years, that stadium was rocking. Yeah, you know, when those when those players played. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're down like this bad is, I don't know. You think that coach is uh, on the hot seat? I thought he would have been on the the hot seat like four years ago. Yeah, no, we actually talked about this a couple of days ago. Yeah, you know. So, so what do you think is keeping him there? I think he's a Stanford alum, and. I just think Stanford doesn't really care about football that yeah, much. It must be. I think you know they got some recruits coming in next year. I know you mentioned uh, well, they some had, Utah guys. They got recruits coming in every year. It seems like you know. I, I think, I think their class this year is pretty high, or at least like you know, pretty respectable. But mm-hmm. I just don't know why Stanford, you know, can't get right. And maybe it is you know Shaw. Maybe they need to, to you know, let him go to kind of elevate themselves back up to. To where we've seen them but i don't know yeah like we're talking about their class last year being you know 27th in the nation really so it's like yeah it's pretty disappointing starting out three and four yeah like i, I know 27th isn't like the highest but like 27th still really good yeah you, know, you should be at least above 500 and then this year again they're at 29 right now so it's like yeah it, the kids aren't the problem. Like you're getting, you know, talented kids. You know, you have to do, you have to be able to do something with them. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to see Stanford get turned around and, yeah. and be a program that can that competes again. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I think that's it for the Pac-12. Before we wrap things up, you know, we we talked about some other games that we have predictions for, and I just want to talk about one. You know, it was Liberty shocking the country, beating BYU forty-one to fourteen. What can you take away? For a Liberty team who started out seven and one this year, beating the Cougars at home and then rushing the field. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you're cool. Liberty, nice. Um, I don't know. G- great win for you. I think this is more about the downfall of of the Cougs. You know, we were talking. They beat Baylor in that. Was that week three? Yeah, week three. Week I think three. it was an overtime win. Overtime win, week three to get to. What three and zero at the time? Yeah, three and zero going into the Oregon going into Oregon game. And yeah, they just fell apart. Yeah, they just it's looked like, like a whole different team. Yeah, so we were, were even like, I think that during those episodes of that week, we were like, okay, you know, BYU is a realistic shot making the playoff. Playoff, yeah. And now, I mean, four and four, 
with, and, with not the easiest schedule, you know, coming up. I know that they have, like, Stanford on the road and who else they got? They got uh, some other teams. You know, so maybe bowl game, you know, fighting for bowl eligibility. They get Eastern Carolina next week, which, which I mean. Is, is not winnable. With, not winnable. With uh, the way that they've been playing football. Yeah, and then Boise State on the road. That's going to be a tough one. That'll be a tough one. I know Boise State beat them last year. Yeah, that's a little bit of a rivalry too. And then uh, Utah Tech. So in-state, I wouldn't say rivalry, but in-state game. Probably should win that one. Probably should win that one in Provo. And then to close the year, Stanford on the road. Yeah. So I think right now you're circling Eastern Carolina and Utah Tech as games you have to win. Yeah. If you don't win those games, there's a real possibility that they could miss out on a bowl game. Because I don't think Stanford, even with Stanford being down, Tanner McKee's a pro level quarterback and I think he will get drafted this year he's capable of you know putting a game together and and shocking some people especially with that defense that BYU has that's been atrocious you know lately so I know a lot of fans have called for some uh coaching changes I don't think we've gotten any yeah so yeah I don't know shout out to Liberty you know shout out to Liberty yeah getting it done holding that team to you know 14 shut them out through the second third and fourth quarter who I mean, Jaron Hall. He's he's an NFL caliber quarterback for sure. Yeah, and I I've been I've been high on Jaron Hall, but something's not clicking right now. For for not even just that defense, but the offense isn't clicking either. Yeah, you know they went up fourteen to three and got outscored thirty eight to zero the rest of the way. That's yeah, it's pretty bad. Good. Yeah, it's yeah, not especially good. against so. you know. Liberty. 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 Yeah. yeah. No disrespect, Liberty. <laughs> no You're disrespect having, to Liberty, but you're having a great season, but you know. Malik Willis isn't your quarterback anymore. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, So, I mean, I think think we're going to wrap things up for this episode. Episode 16, our week eight recap. Yeah, sorry about a couple day delay, but we'll be coming out with a preview for uh, week nine tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys joining us. If you want to drop us a follow, you get notified when we – post these episodes we're on apple music or we're on apple podcasts and spotify as well so you can find us on there and yeah we'll we'll see you guys tomorrow